Atheist Nomads, episode 163. More fun times with Sam Mulvey. The podcast you're about to listen to includes cursing and talking about hoo-haws. Please be advised. We are the Atheist Nomads, bringing you history, science, politics, religion, and interviews with leaders in the atheist community. Not all those who wander are lost. Welcome to another episode of Atheist Nomads. I am Dustin. Joining me as always is Wesley. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Joining me as, well, frequently she does is my lovely wife, Lauren. I'm the hoo-ha lady. <laughs> and for his, what, third or fourth? Fourth appearance on, I think, fourth appearance on Atheist Nomads. Fourth, uh, fifth, something. I don't Sam Mulvey from Ask Hello, Atheist. yes, it is. <laughs> it is an integer. <laughs> <laughs> it is an integer, and you've been on the show more than anyone else. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, definitely, by far. Yeah. Surprising. You keep coming back. Well, that's kind of, yeah, I suppose. It's, he won't leave. Yeah. <laughs> that's because you're I'm in at, a I'm, studio. I'm at his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be... Wes will go out to get the newspaper, and I'll just be lying down in his yard, face down. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! Like a Sam gnome. So okay. So Sam, you do ask an atheist, and uh, uh, still, you also yeah, have yeah. more shows that record in your place too, right? Yeah. Uh, wow. Let me see. So yeah, ask an atheist. Going on year six now, um, or perhaps even year seven. I don't know. I'm bad at counting. And um, uh, but we also have Radio versus the Martians, which is uh, Mike Gillis who was of Ask an Atheist, uh, now Radio vs. the Martians, which now includes uh, Podcasta La Vista Baby, which Woo! is a a retrospective of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and it's they badass. just started up something called Hex and Violence, which yep. is a... <laughs> it's amazing. Another retro- yeah, another retrospective of the Jonah Hex comic books, not the crummy movie. Um, yeah, they, and they put out a zero in, in their first episode, and it was actually really fun to listen to. It yeah. Good. Oh, we listened to that driving back from L.A., going through roughly Jordan Valley, Oregon area. So we're out in the middle of the... the an, area, an area where the nearest cop is an hour and a half away. Open carry makes sense, and where cattle wrestling still happens. Right. So hearing about Jonah Hex there was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> we were in the yeah. Wild West. Yeah, that's yeah. a good place for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, well, one more. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Right. I forgot one. Right. Uh, the the newest person on the block, uh, or, or or people on the block, is hands free football. Uh, Starring Dave and Carol Brulette. Dave actually works on Ask an Atheist as a as a frequent host and also my head writer. Um, and uh, yeah, that it's it's a soccer podcast from the perspective of people who don't act like normal human American sports fans do. Uh, their second, their very first episode was named Team of Theseus, and it just sort of gets better from there. <laughs> and uh, so if you uh, if you don't like sports. You should listen to this podcast. And if you do like sports, you should listen to this podcast. Because it's something for everybody. And all right, salesman over. Done. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds nice. good. Getting a serious podcasting network going on here. Uh, yes. Sweet. Yeah, further despondent saith not. Anyway. A monopoly even. <laughs> all right. And so, okay, you've got that. And then, of course, with Asking Atheists, uh, still going strong after a long time. 
Uh, yeah. You had a recent change there, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, we have temporarily gone uh, podcast only. Well, it's permanently temporary. Um, we were up to four radio stations uh, in 2014 that by 2015 it had dwindled back to one. Um and uh, it just wasn't really working out for us because that was one we were leasing airtime on because that's mm. the only way a radio show like mine would make it into his market, um, a market as large as the Seattle area. And as far as I could tell, the response I was getting from the Seattle market was fairly low. And look, if if uh, Clear Channel Communications or whatever the heck they're calling themselves this week, I mean, everybody's the podcasting is where it's at. And at this mm-hmm. point, if I'm going to. Uh, if I'm going to do the talk radio thing, which is what I've always wanted to do, it's, it makes more sense to focus more specifically on the podcast. So I'm we, we got off the radio. We started a Patreon um, and started. Yeah. And starting next year, I'm actually it, it's confirmed. I'm going on the road uh, chasing some stories down rather than just uh, yammering about them here in the studio. Oh, oh wow. my God. Please nice. tell me you're coming to Boise. Uh, probably. We have stories. <laughs> we have lots of stories. You, and we have you a couch. Have, yeah, you do. Yeah. And microphones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the story that I, I hope to pursue first, uh, will take me to Utah, Florida, Utah, Miami, Madison, Wisconsin, and here, uh, and Seattle. So I'm like literally hitting nearly every corner of the country. So I mean, that basically... There isn't a path that doesn't take me through Poise. Yeah. So, uh, and I and there are places I. Yeah, and there are places in Boise. I'm Boise. Uh, I'll pronounce it right someday. Um, Thank you. Uh, where uh, where there's a lot of stories I could pursue there. I'm not ready to say like what it's about yet, but uh, it'll be fun. Trust me, it'll be full of crazy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. and and well, Salt Lake. Uh, Miami and and Wisconsin recently, yeah, is full of a lot of of crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Madison, Madison, Wisconsin is all like Austin, Texas, in uh-huh. that it's an oasis of a um, little bastion of reason. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of uh, a lot of crazy, except the the Wisconsin isn't particularly crazy to begin with. Just you know, a little bit. It's got it's straight up real conservative. Where Texas is. Straight up, real conservative with a side of meth. So, oh, was, mm-hmm. Wisconsin is conservative plus, uh, like, at speech speech impediments. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Okay. You're thinking Minnesota, <laughs> kind, of, kind of both, really. But yeah. don't you know? <laughs> I know a lot of people um, from there. I'm trying not to die. <laughs> <laughs> You're screwed. <clears throat> oh man, but yeah, getting to to actually take a podcast on the road and and. Finding the stories—that's just awesome. That's yeah, the I'm dream. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's always—it's one of the things I've always wanted to do. Now I'm getting my chance. Buy a van, set up a, a carpeted studio in the van, and and go. bring lots of air freshener. Have you lots been reading my private wiki? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, right that, now, is that what you're planning <laughs> on? Because that's a dream I've had. Uh, it's very close to what my plan is. Um, right now I'm just deciding what font I should use for the free candy side, uh, sign on the side. (laughs) Yeah, Comic Comic Sans is the, is the, that's the expectation. I I think you you should just go with Sharpie. (laughs) (laughs) Or have cable and modem graffiti it. That's not a bad idea, actually. With a wizard and a dragon. 
with a wizard and a drum man. <laughs> and if you don't know about cable and modem, you need to listen to the last episode of Ask an Atheist. Well, episode before last. <laughs> or yeah, episode before point. last, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's somebody been going around uh, Tacoma. Um, defa- there's a lot of mural art in Tacoma. It's, it's a big town for that sort of thing. And um, I'm by no means an expert in it, but somebody's been going around painting over the mural art with signs like, God is great, or whatever. And the public interface of this group of people is apparently like a 12-year-old boy. And told uh, it was either cable or modem that their their art was of the devil, and uh, so we we interviewed them uh, in the ne- in the upcoming weeks. We're going to be doing a follow up interview with somebody from the city of Tacoma about it, and uh, I don't know that we're ever going to get an answer out of this because it's you know vandalism. But there you are. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, me too. Man, I, I thought Tacoma was better than that. Shit. <laughs> well, I've I've lived there mm-hmm. too, and, and and I also lived up in in the Everett area. And what I found between the two places was different kinds of crazy on the normally quiet right. Uh, Tacoma, it was more Christian. Everett, it was more meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a. A border that runs just south of Tacoma, an ideological border, which Mm -hmm. is why Tacoma has uh, all of the liberal trappings one would expect of a of a small city within the orbit of Seattle. But we also have people coming um, coming into the Pierce County government who are David Barton devotees, putting up in God we trust signs, and you know all the stuff that you would expect of in God we trust incorporated. When you have thousands of people. You know, just coming in from all around the the U.S., you know, into the the uh, military bases down there, that really helps kind of redden the area, though. Does a little bit, but you'd be surprised how much of it isn't coming from the base. Believe yeah. it or not, yeah. yeah. So your people out in places like uh, Spanaway, yeah, yeah, uh, Spanaway, the 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 area around the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people who who live off base tend to be who live in Tacoma tend to fit in Tacoma, and it's. Uh, you know, strange ideology fairly easily. So, yeah, that was definitely mm-hmm. my experience. Yeah, yeah, it was just the weird rural people who you don't Those know weirdos. which kind of weird they are, but they all are one or the other. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not to say anything against rural people. It's just rural people there. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, Rampa's out there if we want to go something we can comfortably talk about. Are you guys familiar Aww. with Jay-Z Knight? Yes. <laughs> I am not. No. Tell the story. Sylvester, St- Sylvester Stallone's mother used to just speak just loads about this Jay-Z Knight and Rampa. Yeah, so Jay-Z Knight is this person who runs uh, New Age Religion, and they have a compound outside of, uh, outside of, like, Olympia, somewhere around Lacey, somewhere in there. Okay. I don't know, I don't know precisely where it is, but she channels somebody from the great state of Atlantis, uh, named Ramtha, and, uh, she gets money for doing it, and I honestly have never really dug into it, because it seems like a fairly straightforward... Uh, just channeling cult, because which just pops out here and there. But uh, it seems to be a specifically a very successful one. I, I remember hearing about her and dri- driving by, and my mom driving by her house in the eighties. I mean, this woman's been going on forever. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. 
and the compound was nice. It was like a big sprawling ranch kind of looking place. So yeah, I mean, she's been pulling in money for a long ass time. Damn. Hmm. <laughs> hey, fucking hey, Atlantis rocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. People like that. There's, yeah, all brands of crazy show up. And the bigger you are, the more they'll be. Uh huh. Yeah, Pretty we much. were just down in L.A. and oh man, there was there's so much down there. Every kind of woo and spiritualism and, and Scientology. Yeah, Scientology has a huge presence down there. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's great fun. <laughs> uh, for for one little bit of of interesting trivia, I noticed today. Totally changing subjects, I guess, actually back. Uh, I was looking at my podcast subscriptions, and I noticed that my oldest subscription right now that's still going is Ask an Atheist. Aww. Really? Yeah. Actually, now now that I think about it, six years is a is a long time for a podcast to go. I mean, it seems like there's like, you get podcasts that start up, last... Mm-hmm. Sometimes a month, and they go, yeah, ne- never mind. This is actually a lot more work than I thought. Then you've got some of them that go a year or two or three, and they either accomplish whatever mission they set out to do, or it just isn't, you know, it isn't doing what the thing was for. And then there's a huge gap, and then you've got really long-lived ones. And I seem to be slowly drifting the gap over into the mm-hmm. long-lived podcast region. So yeah, they, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot drop out at around the ten range or somewhere between eighty and a hundred. Yeah. But you're in that rarefied handful now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know what to do. I've no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm used to being an upstart. Now I'm established. What do I do? Oh my ooh, god! Ooh. Oh. You've become the man. <laughs> you, you are the man <laughs> in a very very small room. But yeah. some someday you'll be the man in a van <laughs> down by the river. Oh boy! <laughs> down, 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 down. Yeah, so are you going to build boom, boom, uh, mount boom stands or the uh, boom arms into it? I, you know, I'm, I'm still. It depends on the the topology of the vehicle I end up getting. I'm actually hoping to get a pickup truck uh, with a slide in because I've also recently got a house and I'm going to need to do a lot of hauling because the house needs to be, the house hasn't really been updated since the mid eighties. And so it needs a Mm. lot of work and, um, and and things like asbestos abatement, which I'm currently looking into training for. Um, And so what I'm hoping is that I can get a truck for working on the house. And then when it's time for me to go on the road, I can drop a camper into it, and depending on the price of petroleum prod- products, uh, it, going you know camping my way across the country may actually end up being a lot more economically viable than uh, traveling in a small car and staying in hotels. Uh, depending and more fun, yeah. Depending on because uh, I've I've like worked out the math on that uh, a yeah. few times, and it seems to be the the number of miles you do per day makes right. up the difference. So if you're doing under about four or five hundred miles a day on average mm. then it's more economical to do a larger vehicle you can sleep in right and i i'm very good at long term like driving for a long period of time i did um chicago to phoenix in 32 hours once and uh um <clears throat> and not something i would suggest to and anybody. nothing he wants to do ever again but not if, really yeah <laughs> special circumstances <laughs> but if you're going to salt lake and you're going to be be there for a week then it's definitely more economical if if you have your yeah. own bed with you 
the math I did is that if gas goes uh, north of three ten for or three dollars and ten cents anywhere longer than five hundred miles on my trip, then it makes more sense to instead take the Hyundai and stay in a Motel Six. But um, if uh, if it if it stays below there, which I mean, all the financial outlooks say it will. Um, it makes more sense for me to build out a small recording thing and sleeping area in the back of the truck and then take that with me. Well, if you ever need to do a really long haul, my sister had a bit of advice for me a long ass time ago. Going from San Diego to Seattle, all in one trip. Uh, well, meth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm exactly that kind of guy who'd never get off of that. Are you kidding? <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and that's like one of those nice ones that actually kills you after it screwed you up. It just yeah. keeps eating yeah. at you. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons we don't talk. <laughs> right on. Yeah, as much oh. as I might want to look like the Crypt Keeper. Um. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to take our first <laughs> break and then uh, we'll be back. <laughs> The Atheist Nomads are hosting a 12-hour streamathon from 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. Mountain on Saturday, September 24, 2016, to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Light the Night Walk. Dustin is walking for his mom, who survived Hodgkin's lymphoma nearly 35 years ago, and Lauren is walking for her uncle, who was lost to leukemia and aunt to lymphoma. Both are walking as part of the Treasure Valley Coalition of Reason team. The funds raised will be going to help patients pay for the ridiculously expensive treatments. Go to atheistnomads.com slash live for more details and links to where you can donate. And yes, there will be a drinking game. Atheist Nomads is proudly brought to you by Archway Hosting. Check out their low-price, full-featured hosting solutions at archwayhosting.com. That's A-R-C-H-W-A-Y hosting.com. Hey, we're also brought to you by listeners just like you. Find out how you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash atheist nomads. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash atheist nomads. And we're back. All right. So, Sam, yeah. uh, you came out, you came over to, to my emeritus house yesterday and you checked out my gear. Yeah. Fig- figuratively <laughs> and literally. And um, I'm waiting yeah. for the fan art. Mm. Oh, I'll start. Yes. Somebody has to get on that. All right. <laughs> All right. Send it in. Um, contact at atheistromance.com. So, um, yeah, we were talking about uh, atheism and uh, donations. And, you know, the the whole community has been kind of in, should we say, like, just a downswing? Or what do you think? Maybe. I, I, I tend to view it a little bit more as a pendulum. Um, I know... An organization I was involved with for a while, Foundation Beyond Belief, their donations are down uh, from the year, previ- year previously. Um, I know from contacts that uh, incoming uh, funds for the SSA and uh, Camp Quest are down. Uh, and I believe last I checked, American Atheist was down to a single paid uh, intern. Wow. And um, mm. yeah, I mean, it's a really bad finance year for atheist or, and humanist organizations um i think <clears throat> i think uh ooh, the dawkins foundation and, and cfi the cfi merging kind of kind of 
put that off for them. Um, and I couldn't tell you about the AHA right now. I don't know what their situation is, but uh, which is weird because I'm a member and I probably should know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a terrible year for for atheist giving, um, from what it sounds like. And there's a there's a number of reasons for it. And I mean, the first uh, the first reason that occurred to me and to others is that it's 2016. It's one of those years that you can divide by four. Therefore, it's a presidential election year. And well, this election is a pretty divisive and divisive elections tend to generate a lot of fun. So if somebody has money, they want to donate to an important cause, um, you know, building a wall and making Mexico pay for it might be where that money goes. Well, I can definitely or, say that I contributed quite a bit to Bernie's campaign. Yeah. You, you did I. a great job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's That wasn't a joke. <laughs> well, okay, so there's <laughs> there's that. I I wouldn't where my mind kind of goes to is any kind of movement, well, especially a movement like this. Okay, it was it was edgy in really edgy in 2007. Right. It was starting to gain popularity by 2010. It kind of reached its peak about 2012 with the 2012 Reason Rally, which right. was absolutely spectacular and had five times the attendance of the one this year. And then, as, at least as far as the, you know, within blogging, podcasting, and, and YouTube, there ended up being a lot of infighting that started right after that. And I think that helped tear things apart a bit. Stupid YouTube. And so I think that <laughs> kind of slowed the the like turned the the pendulum the other way. Well, also, I mean, you can't fucking like chuck a rock in any direction and not hit a fucking atheist podcaster now. Uh-huh. Really? I mean, well, there's a bunch of us now compared to like you know five, ten. 15 years ago. Okay, because I, I mean, from my perspective, the number seems to be fairly static. I mean, there's some people who come in, other people who leave. It's, it's, there, I, there's I, a churn. I, there's definitely a churn, but I think that there's still more, it, it's still an up, upward, upward rising. Well, that, uh, yeah. if I were to take that into account, I think that the fact of the matter is we are in the middle of kind of a, a big time for podcasting is, um, podcasting as a as a medium has been on the upswing in the last two years and uh you've got well, a lot of a lot of yes it's been it's been growing continuously since the beginning it's just finally made it into mainstream media in the last two years definitely fucking itunes google play well I mean, uh, yeah shit. itunes really i mean you know you had podcasting going on you had forerunners of podcasting leading into the very early 90s uh, i remember downloading a very large wave file and uh uh onto my 386 yes um but uh yeah that took most of a week now that i think about it <laughs> but it's like wow radio on the internet oh wow that's so cool and then um and then the podcasting thing got started and then apple bought into it but it's been kind of a slow growth area mm-hmm. until the last two years and now we're kind of at the bend of of an exponential curve type situation, yeah. but I mean, in, in human interest, that exponential curve up will you know quickly turn into an exponential curve down unless there's some sort of stabilizing force. Yeah, well, it'll either become mainstream or or tr- move down. Uh, it depends on if there's something to replace it or not. What I think is happening with atheism is you had the huge upswing, 
but a lot of that upswing was more people who were focused on I'm not religious. And if mm. you can only agree with people for so long or, or continue working with people for so long if you have a single point of agreement. Right. And unfortunately, the American Humanist Association, which I think is the organization that has the best chance for stability long term, hasn't done a very good job of attracting people our age. Uh, no, they have done a horrible job attracting younger people. I don't know if I qualify as younger people anymore. I'm approaching 40. You're not 60. <laughs> Fair. As okay. far as the humanist label goes, yeah, sixty is is young. Yeah, humanist and secularist. I, I generally imagine somebody that is on social security. Just every, sorry, but well, no, I think you're right. I, I've as a active humanist, I've been involved with a number of groups uh, that when they when you t- the difference between an atheist group and a humanist group as far as social activity goes tends to be about twenty years, twenty mm-hmm. to twenty to thirty years difference um where in one in a group of atheists i tend to be on the older side of it and in a group of humanists i tend to be on the younger side uh that's not that's not i i don't think that's a controversial statement no Um, i think that humanist groups peaked in the 70s and people are still in those same groups hooray star trek (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, star trek (laughs) uh yeah i would i am one who would like to change that and definitely um, as uh, just as Dustin says, um, atheism, atheism, you know, as we've often said on the show, we we for the purposes of our show, while other people might want to attach a lot of other stuff for uh, stuff to the word atheism, we tend to stick to what defines an atheist to, to just the two word de- definition: no gods. Um, and it's very hard to have a continuing. Um, a, a, a continuing social movement based off of what you don't believe in. That's not. It's very hard to throw a party uh, because you know basically you're saying no all of the time, and that's that's not that much. You fun. have not been to one of my parties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like an interpersonal communications. I mean just like the whole point of the party. It's like an anti pinata. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I mean telling creepsters to go away is a completely different category, but. Uh, um, but the thing is, we are definitely a group of people who have, who as, as a movement have a lot more than atheism going on. Um, Mm -hmm. whether you attach, you know, political, uh, you know, uh, social justice stuff to it, um, or not, but we also, we're very specifically empirical. We're very specifically, uh, skeptical in, and we're, uh, in terms of any supernatural claims and, um, and by empirical, uh, we tend to mean, you know, following the scientific evidence. And that's that's something that's a little different from previous mm-hmm. uh, from previous movements, even the one spawned by Star Trek. Right. And and you, you, you look at the big disagreements that were happening, say, 2012, 2013, uh, free thought blogs comes to mind for a hotbed of that. It wasn't over any of the empiricism, the. Any kind of it wasn't over skepticism. It wasn't over, you know, any like tack to deal with religion. It was purely on yeah social justice issues. That's where where the disagreement all was. Well, yeah, because you've you've got um, differing groups of people coming in. I, it was a huge, you know, from 2006 on, it was just everybody was like, wait, we can talk about this now. <laughs> I know that was kind of how it was for me. 
um, in 2006 is the whole reason I got involved in this movement to begin with was because of that, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this a lot, a CNN panel where they're saying atheists were the most hated minority in America. Oh, I remember and, that one. Yeah, now we're going to have a panel discussion. We're going to have no atheists on it. And I saw that <laughs> as it happened uh, while I was at uh, Becky's apartment in Phoenix. And and I, I, I at this point, I had just come out to my friends that I'm, you know, I'm sticking to the hard atheism name now. Um, and I realized a couple things in that speech is one... Atheists are a minority. I, I I did I basically just refused to buy it then, and and I still <laughs> am not wholly convinced now. Um, and the other thing was, uh, and we're hated that much. Well, I got to do something about that because I'm a likable guy. Hint, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I I needed to go out and be an active participant in this, and that's that was where it came from for me, and. In those five or six years that I, I spoke with, you know, I, I started meeting atheists. Uh, I moved up here. I, I joined the board of Seattle Atheists. I joined the board of Humanists of Washington. Um, I started meeting a lot of people, and uh, the political spectrum remained unchanged. I would meet a whole lot of conservatives, a whole lot of liberals, uh, a whole lot of people concerned with social justice, a whole lot of people who weren't, and. The only thing we had in common is what we did not agree on, or is what we disagreed with. Mm-hmm. And when you build, when you build a community like that, there's going to be a lot of fractal, you know, factionalization going on. Um, and that's not just—I've heard a lot of people say that's just with liberals. This is what liberals do. Blah blah blah. We always eat our young. Whatever. I'm also—I also supported Bernie Sanders. <laughs> But uh, I are, are you kidding? What do you think the Tea Party movement was? I, the, the right now the GOP is probably the most fractionalized political organization on the planet. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty broken. Yeah, I, I mean the the only reason I, it's not that Donald Trump won because he's hideously popular. He's not as popular as the media makes him out to be. Oh no, definitely um, not. The reason he won is because the GOP doesn't know how to run a political party anymore because they it's it's become a domination game between different factions within the GOP with like the Tea Partiers and the post Tea Partiers and the, the paleocons and the nanocons and the picocons and the vegan cons. <laughs> yeah, and it, it begins to sound like transformers and less like politics. And uh um and yeah, and so it's it's just a thing that people do. We get together for specific reasons. Uh, we accomplish whatever nebulous goals we set out to accomplish. Because I do believe that overall the atheism movement uh, between 2006 and 2016 has been successful. It's uh, definitely been a positive movement. Yeah, and, um, and now that our nebulous goals have been uh, mainly achieved... Um, now we're trying to figure out what to do next and that's when things go weird yeah well add to it that the demographic where most of that growth has been the whole you know 30 under 30 thing that people have been talking about for the last five years uh 30 percent of people under 30 being non-religious well when people get to about 30 that's when at least with millennials that's where settling down and having families starts happening and you get active in, like, with local communities at least, you get, join a group, meet people, get married, and don't go as much. I know that happened to me. Mm. 
I, I still think that, you know, that the 30 and under group is having a lot less kids also. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, definitely. Having out- one or two, not six or seven. Or none. The interesting thing about the pre the Pew Research stuff, uh, about the Pew Research religion thing, which, uh, if you listen to me, that's apparently all they do. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is uh, what they do. Yeah. <laughs> that's their, their yeah. official objective, yeah. Well, I mean, they talk about more than religion, but that's apparently, it's the only study they do that I quote. Um, <laughs> is... Uh, is the the under thirty crowd or the millennials, um, or as the browser plugin uh, I have calls them, the snake people? Um, <laughs> it uh, they're they they don't they're generally a lot less religious than their than people who came before them, but they don't necessarily n- want to participate in this movement. Some of them do. It's not like we're not getting new people every day, but they don't see it as quite the fight that. Uh, that we did 10 years ago or I guess even continuing now. And I suspect, and this is where my other politics come into play, that because millennials are have economic disadvantages, previous uh, previous generations of Americans did not, uh, they, they may be more focused on that. And I think you're seeing that focus with Bernie Sanders coming literally out of nowhere and kind of completely changing the... Uh, the the political game inside the democratic party i totally agree that you know they're they're definitely more focused on uh where where their next paycheck is coming from or like uh uh uh, political issues than than religious issues because yeah we've we kind of you know came before them and helped smooth the road out a bit so yeah it's not as big an issue for them i don't think yeah and if uh, and that's part of what I mean by I think we achieved some of our goals. It's it is now a lot more socially acceptable to be an atheist than it was ten years ago. And I'm not taking my 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 position on this. If I were a data point, I would be thrown out because I do an atheist <laughs> podcast. I surround myself with atheists. Uh, you preach to the choir quite a bit. Yeah, I preach yeah. to the well. That's what my show is for. Um, I, I won't lie, and, and we love it. it. <laughs> it's it's uh atheists talking about atheism stuff that's that's what it's for it's not um without getting inside baseball about the movement it's discussing um things that matter to to atheists it's putting atheism in the media so that people who listen to bits of it understand that we're human beings as well and that was so that was sort of the atheist and math me- mass media approach they originally take that pushed us to um to television and radio was it was putting atheist ideas in mass media where they could be heard by non-atheists and i i think we we got there and i think i i really think that the 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 major atheist movement of the last 10 years if that was one of our goals and i do believe it was i think we achieved it it's a lot from talking to people who live in arizona um where, you know, when I left Arizona in 2007, um, there was no humanist center. Uh, I could find no humanist organization in, in Arizona when I left. I wasn't looking in the right place, but they were all sort of concentrated in one part uh, in Ahwatukee Valley, which is actually kind of tough to get to if you live in downtown Phoenix and don't drive a lot. Um, now it's it's valley wide they have this amazing center in mesa there there's atheists and humanists going out every weekend and doing something they're they're regularly in the media and and they're even in the media positively 
um, it's way easier to be an atheist in Arizona than it was in 2007. And I had nothing to do with it because I left. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, <laughs> And so I think on that on that respect, I think the the movement that may or may not be over, or that may be moving into a, a more a slow growth phase than an initial boom phase, um, has achieved its its early initial goal. Yeah. Okay. So basically, we shot ourselves in the foot. Okay. Uh, every atheist out there should just like take a year off and let the religious people come back in. And then, like, wait, come on, we need more people to get in here. And, well, it's you know. not like the religious people have been quiet. No, it's not. But but if if we if we if we remove our voice completely, then you know they will shout louder. I wouldn't say we've shot ourselves in the foot. We've done what happens with every movement. It uh, grows. Well, sure, I mean it, it gets loud. People burn out. It and then it's that and... second wave. And I would I would count for the atheist movement like 2007 as the start. We're approaching the end of that first wave. That next wave will probably be the one that will be stable and really make things happen. Because we're going to raise our children like that. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, it's not that every millennial, uh, you know, thinks that we're not worth it. We're like I said, there's new people coming into the movement and working with community organizations every day. It's not that we're not growing. It's just that you're not seeing the huge, the huge influx of numbers that we saw as early as five years ago. Mm hmm. And I think that's, I actually think that's a good thing. I don't think we've shot ourselves in the foot. I think this is, I think we're just following the curve of a, of a, of a potentially long lasting social movement. Yeah. It was more of a joke, but yeah, still, yeah, I, I, I can totally see that too, that we just need to wait it out and, you know, just keep on pulling people in slowly, but surely. And it, they'll be <laughs> yeah. the ones that stick forever. Well, it, we'll just keep normalizing it. We have to keep persevering as we go through what might end up being a, a quieter, and less numerous phase to make sure that there's still we have to make sure there's something on the other end and there's no reason to think there won't be i agree yeah yeah we yeah, just yeah. don't need we just <laughs> cheerio we just don't need <laughs> the, the the big rangy ragey fire brands so much anymore <laughs> i think we still do yeah says you <laughs> at least in I idaho fun with we my still brand. do <laughs> I, I've always wondered, because people talk about firebrands and then look at me somewhat pointedly. Really? Uh, no, not, <laughs> like, no. where do you hide yours? Yeah, and well, it's In like, I never really saw myself that way. Um, I, I do I do love a good, a good yell now and again, uh, I won't lie, but I don't know, um, I've always appreciated the fact that you had to, if you wanted to hear what I had to say, I wasn't, you had to come to me. You're also not ragey or or loud or like overbearing in any sort of way though My, i have many friends who would disagree with you very strongly all right yeah. well <laughs> well they suck <laughs> hey, i like those people well, i'm married to some of them um <laughs> well she's got to keep you on your toes that's her job uh, yes <laughs> um yeah it's it's uh uh, you know, I think there's always going to be a room for firebrands, but maybe we need a different method of firebrand, a different style of firebrand, and there's been a lot of, I think there was a lot of contention for being one of the firebrands who drove the atheism movement, and in a lot of ways, and I think it comes from the four horsemen of atheism, and in a lot of ways, um, I, I think that hurt us, in a way, mm-hmm. because you had a lot of people aiming for top spots, 
which kind of subverted the idea of building a long-term uh, social base for for continuing the movement. But that's a lot of movements have had that problem. You have somebody, you you have an iconoclast show up, and everybody says, "Hey, yeah, right, okay, I be- I believe this guy," and then they follow him around for a while, and then there's a lot of people who come in who want to be that guy, and um, and that happened to us because despite despite uh everything, we still maintain our human being status, and uh, we're still. We can still be, still have our opinions changed by the things that we complain about in other people. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I'm hoping we're moving into a phase where we don't need such such iconoclasm. Um, am I even using that word right? I don't even know. Uh, sure. Yeah, where we don't need that. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, we're allowed to have a lot of smart people who say a lot of smart things, but... We're a community movement and not necessarily a movement behind a follower. Mm-hmm. Behind a leader. That too. All right. Let's uh, take another break. And do everything we can to keep Dawkins off of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. We love hearing from our listeners. You can email us at contact at atheistnomads.com. Tweet us at atheistnomads. Send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Or better yet, call us and leave us a message at 541-203-0666. We might even play it on the show. You can also help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast directory of choice. <laughs> I would like to talk about my caucus. Whip it out. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's... um Is we've it been stacked? Talking... <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was. Um uh, so we've been talking about Bernie Sanders a bit here, and I think we've all vocally said we've supported Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and while I'm starting to get a little bit more political on the show, this isn't the kind of thing that I really want to do on my show, but it's a great story, and I've been kind of <laughs> looking for a place to share it. Uh, oh, by all means. Yeah, go for it. All right, so, all right, I, um, I went to the, the, so in Washington State, we caucus, um, which yes. means we get in a room at scre- and scream at each other. And whoever screams more loudly wins, and the person we're screaming for ends up being the president. Um, it's kind of an inefficient voting system. Um, and so I, I, this is the second year, the second time I've gone to the caucus because I've got a friend of mine who recently came out from under a cloud of religious confusion and wanted to participate in the political process. And so um, and I said, dude, if you go, I will go with you. And so he wanted to go. So I went with him. And uh, I got uh, I got selected to be um, the to go on to the legislative district caucus. It's it's like Karate Kid. You know, you get past one ring and you go on to the other one, and then somebody <laughs> hits you with a weird kick and you fall down and flop around for a while. High five! I did too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of us did. There was a a, a large number of people in the um, in the atheism movement here in Washington State who ended up going on to. Uh, going on to the legislative district caucus. And in fact, we've got, um, one of them is Jennifer Goulet, who's, who made yeah. it, uh, to the, to the general election, um, in, uh, it was a district tree. I forget. Um, but anyway, yeah, she's running one, for, one of, one uh, of those hot places. Yeah. It, yeah. The, the state house. Yeah. She's running for the state house. Okay. Uh, and then while well, there was this guy there who just came up and started talking to us, uh, me, Becky and my friend, Sean, and, uh, we eventually, um, this is kind of a side story, it was great, but we eventually just decided we were going to go to Ferelli's and we asked him if he wanted to come with us and, 
Uh, we go, yeah, yeah. And he said, sure. Come and then, so we're in the car heading to Ferelli's. And um, I get a call from Mike Gillis because he wants to use the studio. And I say, uh, yeah, 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 you can use the studio. And so our our new friend asks, um, hey, uh, you guys have a studio? What do you guys do? And Becky doesn't mention the name of the show, but she men- mentions atheism. And he goes, that's interesting. I just started downloading this podcast called Ask an Atheist. <laughs> uh, do you know those guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I had it all... I had I had it all ready, and I go, ah, yeah, don't talk to that asshole. Yeah, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> but <laughs> and uh, boy, Becky just points. He goes, "That's Sam Mulvey," and he goes, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and it's, it's like, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, so <laughs> we made it to the district caucus the night before. We were having a party here, and um, you know those hoverboards? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I tried one out. That's awesome. For 40 whole milliseconds. Um, <laughs> and uh, I got no, like, somebody brought a hoverboard over to my place, put it on the floor, and said, here, Sam, try it out. So I step on it gingerly going, wow, I think this has got auto-writing circuitry. So I step on it. It does not have auto-writing circuitry. I was literally, I had been thrown to the ground faster than I'd been, I think, ever in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and while I, I do know how to fall, um, well, thanks to some martial arts stuff, where that was mostly what I did. Um, I, uh, I, I it was too fast. I couldn't get my my elbow out of the way, so I took an elbow right into the rib cage, and it was so um, bruised, Ow. bruised, uh, bruised rib. And I go, well, you know what? Um, it's you know I know I have the the legislative district caucus tomorrow, but it's like three hours, and I just have to sit in a chair for three hours and vote, and then get you know get on with it because this is such a it'll be fine. Oh, boy. So the week before caught the Legislative District Caucus, it looked like Nevada was switching through the caucus process, was going from Hillary to Bernie. So the state party threw in a whole bunch of new rules that the credentials committees in these in these caucuses had to follow, gave them no updated paperwork for capturing this data, did not provide, basically got the genders wrong on caucus goers 30 or 40 percent of the time in the paperwork they did receive oh and wow prevented them from getting new uh from getting new volunteers to help make smooth the workout hmm. our caucus went 13 hours <laughs> right we feel I was the pain tra- yeah i was trapped in a uh we were the longest we were the last caucus to be released uh statewide um, and I, at, at some point I was literally in so much pain. I was just on the floor trying not to look like I was obviously crying and somebody had to, to bike in with ibuprofen to let me keep going. Fuck. Um, and we ended the, the, the maintenance of the caucus showed up, uh, or the, the building that the caucus was in showed up and said, we got to kick you out. It's midnight. We got school here in the morning, and we got to clean up before school starts. And so we weren't done. The credentials committee were still doing their thing, and we got booted to the parking lot. And we were... Our our district, 27th Legislative District, Washington State, went 3-1, to one, a little over 3-1 to one, uh, for Bernie Sanders. So I was going around telling people... So are we, like, specifically involved in some weirdo political revolution thing now that we're having secretive meetings in the parking lot after midnight? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. I mean, yours, yours seriously fucking takes the cake. Ours was about 10, 10 and a half hours, but yeah. shit. It's one of those things where I feel like it's going to be, it's like if, if I got physical scars for, for participating in that thing, I'd get a free drink in some bars anytime I went in. It's, <laughs> talking, it's, about, talking about physical scars, if I didn't know you and Becky, I would I would just assume that you're in like an abusive relationship because you're always like hurt somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am... Yeah, a little bit of a klutz. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do tend to. I, actually, this this year has been weird. I've I, I've never been as as error prone as I've been this year. Hmm. Uh, between uh, breaking a rib and burning the fuck out of my hand in oh, February. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not usually this error prone. Usually, I'm just I've just got an assortment of burns on my hands. <laughs> okay, so your caucus experience. Uh, I know I've shared this on the show before, so listeners, please you know forgive me for going to this story again. Uh, this has been a few months. Uh, it was twenty thousand people who showed up to caucus in Boise. Yeah, Idaho doesn't do precinct caucuses; they do county caucuses. So, holy cat, Ada County with four hundred thousand people living in it, they split it into two. So you had, because Boise is actually split down the center between two federal congressional districts, or two districts that we have. You have mm. to make sure the liberals are split up as, as evenly <laughs> as possible. Can't let them of all course. be in Can't the same Can't let yeah. them congregate. Yeah. So they, they did the split. So we were in, we're in District 2. So we went to the District 2 portion in CenturyLink Arena. There's basketball and hockey games there. Like minor league pro games there right and we show up we get processed in uh there was probably eighteen thousand people in fifteen thousand people in the arena it was past capacity the first district was in a convention center right next door and had two thousand people they were also at or past capacity at one point, CNN was reporting on the line that stretched a mile, and this was an hour after the caucus was supposed to start. Yeah. So we didn't even get started until, like, it was supposed to start at, I think, 6.30, and it didn't actually start until 9. And then they tell yeah, us finally so bad. at about 10, oh, if you're not changing your vote, you don't have to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And almost everybody left. And there wasn't any trying to convince each other to come over to the, to your side because there was 15,000 people in the arena and there yeah. was only eight people down in the undecided section. <laughs> they were, like, I think we just court. were there for the seats. Yeah, there were because there wasn't yeah. room. Well, they had left three <laughs> three-fourths of the uh, center for Hillary Clinton voters. And it quickly became apparent that there were much more Bernie Sanders voters than Clinton. Yeah. So, and like, they overwhelmingly. Resist, they resisted so hard to start allowing Sanders voters to move into the Hillary section. And when they finally did, <laughs> it, was it was just because the they were about ready to get shut down for having a thousand people standing in the aisleways. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough... Um, there were a couple things where if you're not doing this and you have registered your, you know, if you've registered your vote, you've signed in and you're not changing your vote, you can leave. 
um, there were not many Hillary Clinton supporters to begin with. I think a lot of them left. Almost no, if a- anybody who could stay, because some people had to work, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, people got lives they got to live. Um, there was so in- so much informa- misinformation leaving or uh, flying around about an attempt to subvert the vote. And it, you know, it didn't help that some of the politicians leading the uh leading the the caucus were wearing pro hillary jerseys no clothing Mm -hmm. right and 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 you know there's just all this stuff about new rules that came in at the last minute because they were worried about uh the vote change and and there's no information going out because the people running the caucus were completely understaffed and um so yeah anybody who could stay absolutely could stay i heard people call out of work i called i heard people call in emergency babysitters that almost nobody left because they knew everybody was worried that if we left, um, some shenanigans would come in and then somehow Bernie Sanders wouldn't win. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not a fear without some logical basis <laughs> in Tacoma political history. Yeah. So, um, oh, we I t- had the same stuff happening in Boise too. There was, yeah, there were. Who knows how many people drove by, saw the line, and didn't bother parking? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, it was. It that was could ridiculous. have easily been three or four thousand people. Uh, yeah, but there were not everybody in the line was actually allowed in, and they promised they were going to. They they kept saying everybody who showed up is going to get in. They couldn't let everyone in, and if they had. At the rate people, because everybody who was voting for Hillary, they all had their, took their seats by 720. Everybody else coming in after that was for Bernie. And if they'd actually, if everybody had been able to get in, Hillary would have been shut out of Idaho completely. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As it ended up being, um, all the weird rules that they put in to, to make sure Clinton doesn't, uh, doesn't get any, um, votes taken away from her ended up working in Sanders' favor because they were assuming that those rules were written with the assumption that Hillary would have the majority, and then she didn't. And then, uh, because the scuttlebutt is, um, I don't, I, I, uh, this is a rumor backed up by a source I won't name, but the the idea was that a lot of the Democratic Party was thinking a lot of the Bernie Sanders people wouldn't show up, so you'd have a plurality of Clinton supporters, and mm-hmm. they would win by default. That didn't happen, and that attitude is probably what kept people kept uh, kept pe- prevented people from going somewhere else. Um, you know, I could have definitely been doing something that day, but I was afraid that I knew Pierce County was very pro. At least the Democratic side of Pierce County was very pro Sanders, and I wanted to make sure that representation happened. Mm-hmm. I had a fear. Yeah, totally. I, I did not want any shenanigans to happen, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm staying until this is over." Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, one bit of. Uh, it's not like it's not like there wasn't any. This didn't happen anywhere else. Right. Fucking look at Nevada. Look at a lot of other states. Yeah. Yeah. One bit of shenanigans I haven't mentioned yet for Boise that we had was. The first congressional district side with, you know, 2,000 people, if even, uh, they got more delegates than the second congressional district side that had fifteen over 15,000 people yeah. show up. When technically Idaho does county caucuses, and they went ahead and split this one, and the half that was going to be most likely to be bringing in Hillary 
supporters got more delegates than the half that was more likely to support Sanders. It was total... <laughs> it was illegal. It was well, misrepresentative. It was everything wrong with Parties the are private organizations. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're totally allowed to do this. Yeah, um, oh, okay. They, they are allowed. They shouldn't know, be allowed. Colorado, the uh, Republican Party, didn't do a caucus or a primary this year. Yeah. The party central committee chose Ted Cruz to get all of their delegates. Yeah. Didn't work out too well for him. No, no. <laughs> poor, poor Ted Cruz. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a there's a lot of... My hope is, and that seems to be working out here in Pierce County, is that so many people had their... Um, have their faces rubbed in just how screwy local politics is that they're getting in on the game and they're not the people getting in on the game that um you know party stalwarts would necessarily like and there's this idea that all these young kids getting into politics they're idealists they don't understand the political process they don't you know they don't understand that these things have to go in and fits and starts etc 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 and like you don't understand the first person they voted for was was obama They've been through this political process already. They know exactly what you're talking about it. And at this point, they've been at the raw end of this stick way longer than you, way longer than you ever were. And they're probably better at this game than you. So whether or not you Mm -hmm. like them or not, these are the people you're going to be talking to for the next 60 years. So maybe start being nice to them. them. Idaho didn't need to worry about about that (laughs) because... Realistically, all the people that are pissed off are probably going to just leave the state. Oh, really? There's quite the exodus of young, educated people leaving Idaho. I knew there was all they're getting out of, and it's not just the economy. That's a that's a huge part of it, but the politics is right as much of a factor. And when you you get out there and you see, oh, the Democrats are just as fucked up as the Republicans here, (laughs) right? That's not, I want to be a part of this. It's, they aren't even trying. It's like, I knew, I knew Idaho was hemorrhaging its young people, but I thought the major influx was into Boise. No, no, they're, they're going to Portland, Portland, Seattle, and San Francisco. Oh God. Or if they're Mormon, they're going to Salt Lake. Right. (laughs) But they're all, yeah, there, so there is... Rural Idaho hemorrhaging to Boise, and then Boise is hemorrhaging to everywhere else. Okay, I see. Well, Bernie, Bernie might have you know went independent the second he got out, and he might be stumping for Hillary. But you know his his big thing now, as it kind of always was, was to you know get people involved and get people into politics, no matter the level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm oh. so happy that he's pushing that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I helping just to, to fund to campaigns. Today. What's that? Oh, I just remembered I forgot to vote today. Thanks, guys. What was there to vote for Ooh. today? Uh, Boise School Board. Oh, oh that's important. Oh, that was really important. Yeah. yeah. Now I feel bad. Mm. Boise Independent vote, School people. District. I, I didn't even know that was happening. Most people don't. I had a friend who posted. Oh. He was a Bernie Sanders delegate. He's the very political. I depend on him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as you yeah. might imagine, uh, educational board and OSPI is pretty important around here. So uh, um, <laughs> the OSPI fight um, 
in Washington State has been probably the the one election I've been most focused on in the last couple weeks. So it's weird because the person I'm nominally supporting, um, she's the best. I think she's the best qualified candidate, but she's also very, very religious. And um, does she let it into her politics? Kind of. It's hard to say. I mean, um, if, uh, you know, she's a part, she is a part of a a Christian organization that says dumb things about gay people. But when uh, gay Christians were thrown out of their homes, she adopted them and didn't require them to change in any meaningful way. It's like one of those things like where any, any objection I would, I would make, um, is uh would be uh has a actually a fairly good answer to it and um i find myself really uncomfortable supporting this person but there's a huge mass there's a massive misinformation campaign about the kind of support she's going uh she's getting going through the democratic party right now and i've been spending a lot of time it's like i want to win fair i don't like uh, you know at some point you got to draw the line on dirty tricks and and i kind of drew it on this one it's like let's there because both candidates it, this is a top two primary system. Mm-hmm. Both candidates who made it out of the primaries are on the de- are are liberal, are registered Democrats, and they're both they're both very good at what they do. One is an educator, the other is a legislator, focusing on educational policy. I would like a little bit more educational skill in OSPI rather than um, legislative skill, and. Especially in a state that has the entire state legislator in contempt of court for not adequately funding education. Like, literally, uh, Jennifer Goulet is running for a job where she might get arrested. Just put th- putting that out there. That's pretty, that's pretty badass, I think. Wow. <laughs> um, you know what? And, Give it a shot and see what happens in four or eight years. Right. And uh, I, so I'm nominally for the person with the better educate with the better pedagogical approach because this is a job about running the education system in Washington State. I'm not saying legislative ability isn't useful, but I think educative I, I think pedagogical approach is more important. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is a weird Christian, and so I've been fighting this 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 informational camp misinformational campaign on uh, in local political Facebook pages and with people I know. And it's at the point now where, and so her name is Aaron Jones. His name is Reichdahl. Aaron Jones had the support of the stranger, and then the stranger pulled their their support when something um, because they think she's anti uh, she's anti trans or uh, anti LGBT. Okay. And while I think I think they're wrong based on what she has said previous to this thing, uh, this thing going down, um. A lot of her answers are religiously based. So it's like at this point, I think if I'm going to get some clear answers, I got to go in myself and I, I have to go in myself and basically ask some very pointed direct question. It's it's hard to come to face with your own prejudices. And is this the opportunity to overcome them or is it going to be detrimental if I do that? Right. I if she if she is going to bring a lot of bad Christian ideology into OSPI, then I've got a problem. But her her training is is good and her approach to education is good because i saw her do stuff before she ran for ospi um i've seen her when she was working in education and i think she's very good but if when she gets to the point where can she, she can start making ideological approaches um what's it going to look like so i got to make sure if i'm going to die on a hill i want to make sure it's the right one 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Basically. And so yeah. I got to, uh, and at this point, I don't see any other way around it. And this might be the most, I'm thinking about doing it as an Ask an Atheist interview and having it be the most obviously political thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I'm, I'm still chewing on that. But I, I, it's like, I want things to be based on real things. And that was one of the things I really liked about Bernie Sanders' campaign is that, you know, it, mm-hmm. dare I say evidence-based politics, because no politics is evidence-based. Um, but, I mean, he definitely had facts behind him and tried to debate and tried to, to campaign specifically on the facts of the situation. And that's always what I try to do. All right. We are out of time. Wah, wah. <laughs> Can I please have a soundboard? <laughs> do you really need one? I don't think you I'm do. I'm actually working on one. All right. <laughs> Shazbot, Shazbot, Shazbot. <laughs> you say Shazbot. The first thing that comes to my mind is Robin Williams. That's what it's from, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Sam, where can people find you? Everywhere. On <laughs> <laughs> the wind, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me at askanatheist.tv. Is probably the best place to find me. It's Ask an Atheist every Sunday. New content. Uh, I used to say an hour. Now, these days, it's usually a little bit more than an hour. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, every week, new shows. Uh, we're about to start a something I'm calling a, the Gritty Reboot series, um, which is where we tackle subjects that we haven't really talked about since the first season. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, we're covering atheists in fiction. Why have a show? What is an atheist? Christian fiction. Oh, boy. Um, and a uh, whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of other stuff. Well, that sounds <clears throat> awesome. Very cool. So yeah, if you aren't already a subscriber to Ask an Atheist, I first have to ask, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then now is a good time to to rectify that and go over their entirely massive back catalog. <laughs> yeah, actually, with the with the relaunch of the website, that's way easier now. The episode guide mm. goes all of, goes all the way back. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, Sam, as always, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for letting me blather on. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find show notes and contact information at atheistnomads.com. Follow us on Twitter at Atheist Nomads. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. Theme music is courtesy of Sturdy Fred. Until next time, this has been The Atheist Nomads. And we're back. Yes. Got in there real quick and took it from you. <laughs> <laughs> He's been wanting to do that for a long time. <laughs> All right, Wesley, it's yours.